0: Welcome back to the Barbells Bikinis and Biz podcast. So we're in for another uh, guest podcast today and the subject is going to be on natural bodybuilding as a female and more specifically looking at bodybuilding and natural bodybuilding as a figure competitor, looking at the reality of it, the challenges and things people may not have thought about and considered. So I'm joined today by Grace Jones, who you may or may not know of, but if you're not aware, um, Grace, just introduce yourself, um, who you are, quick background, and three interesting facts about yourself.
1: Oh God, <laughs> it's like an interview process.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that question, that um, uh, dreaded question, so tell me something interesting about
1: yourself. No, and your mind just goes blank. <laughs> i three now, so. Oh God, okay. Um, well, my name's Grace Jones, like you said, um, I am an online coach. I was a PC and online coach but obviously no one's PCing at the moment so I'm an online coach um I completed my first season as a figure t- figure competitor last year um and I'm currently in my off season at the moment um three facts <laughs> let's think so one that always comes up it just happens to be the first choice I grew up in Spain I moved there when I was about nine and I moved back to England about four years ago so I was there for about 15 years um so I can speak Spanish. Um, that's generally the first one to come up. Um, another fact. Um, I'm a bit of a geek. I've got loads of like figurines and stuff like that on Star Wars, Batman, um, Harry Potter, Game of Thrones. I love it. <laughs> I love yeah, collecting them. Harry Potter. Yeah, I could probably like recite all the lines to all the movies. I absolutely love them. Um, the third one. I probably go for about three kilos of strawberries a week. Wow! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's probably not in
0: season. Then what do you do when they're not in season? Just oh, I'll find
1: them. I'll find you. them. <laughs>
0: okay. So, just a bit about yourself to get more into the background of you. So, sort of, how did you? Because you're PT online coach, so. How did you sort of get into fitness, into the industry itself, both in terms of you getting into bodybuilding for the training aspect, but also for sort of the business side of it and how you got into into the industry for work?
1: I've always been into sports. I used to swim competitively when I was younger, um, along with other sports like track and um, just all sorts like martial arts, things like that um and when i was in school i always wanted to be a pt it always seemed like something that i was like yeah that's out of all the things that you could do i was like i'd love to do that that would be really cool um and it wasn't i only became a pt about i think it was 5 years ago so it wasn't until i was in my mid 20s that i started doing that and it came about because i well i started training um in a gym when i think i was 21 at the time yeah. when i actually first started going to the gym and it was just it was during the time when I'd tried to move back to England. I was still living in Spain at the time and I'd come yeah. back to England for a few months to give it a go. Um, I really wasn't happy. I hated it. And the only sort of thing I had to do was I start I just started going to the gym to give myself something to do because I wasn't working at the time or anything. I was feeling pretty um had a lot of sort of like trouble with anxiety at the time, like social anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, got myself to the gym when i was feeling like that but at the time it just seemed like the best thing to do um and i just got absolutely like hooked on it i just couldn't could not stop watching like youtube videos on training learning about training learning about nutrition and my life just started to revolve around it as it does yeah. for most people who get into it um and then a few years passed by i'd gone back to spain then i came back to england again which is since i've well, i've stayed since then and it just kind of like like becoming a PT it just kind of came to me yeah Um, it felt natural yeah well like the the opportunity really because I'd always wanted to do it and I I don't know about you but when you look online when I was younger when I looked online on how to get the qualification and stuff it was very like daunting I didn't know where to start yeah or the cost, like thousands and thousands of pounds so I always just kind of was put off by it um and I joined a gym here and it just kind of like the opportunity came to me to become um, to do like an apprenticeship through them and do my course and everything um, which I obviously like snapped up <laughs> Oh yeah um, yeah but I wasn't um I didn't end up doing the apprenticeship with them I just paid for it myself and did my yeah. course and everything and then it just it just progressed from there um and it just sort of grew organically yeah um, by Was that working the first the bit of
0: studying you did or did you sort of go to go to uni and have a career change or anything
1: like that no no I um the education in Spain it's not great <laughs> I went to, to an English school so I did my GCSEs and then I went back to start my AS levels and I managed about two months and then I just I left school um and then any work that I did after that was like in Spain there's not a lot of jobs so yeah. I started had to pause
0: um, that a second because I've got a lot of background noise which I basically just stopped so to continue with the podcast
1: <laughs> um yeah education and jobs and stuff like that so I left school before I did A-levels, and it's saying the work isn't, you haven't got a lot of options, you've got like telesales, waitressing, um, which I did both of those, and I also did like gardening, and I worked in a tattoo studio for years before um, coming back to England, so nothing was really in line with um, my fitness goals or anything like that, it wasn't until I moved back to England that I got into it.
0: Sure, and then obviously so
1: then you got into sort of the
0: pt was it always resistance training that you liked that style of training or with because a lot of people start on the cardio bunny life what what was the sort of transition on that side of things
1: for myself or with clients
0: oh for yourself for yourself your own journey with that
1: yeah it's always been um resistance based training um i think i was pretty i had a pretty good like entrance into it i don't think i ever followed any like really bad advice I wasn't obsessed with cardio or anything like that I had quite a nice like smooth um introduction to it yeah
0: um
1: probably because I just watched so many videos on it and just and found the right videos I guess there's a lot of good information out there as well as bad so I happen to follow the good stuff so I always um for myself it's always been weight training yeah um, and resistance-based training and then with my clients it's just dependent on what they they enjoy doing really
0: so from getting into resistance training how did that transition then into wanting to compete into the bodybuilding side of things
1: well when I first started when I first started training I couldn't tell you who it was that I'd seen like competing as a bikini competitor but I used to see quite a lot of it and I remember thinking that would be it would just be a really cool goal to have like to be able to like to get that shredded to go up on it wasn't necessarily getting up on stage but it was having that goal of like seeing yourself looking like that yes getting yeah. to that point. Um so I think it was always something that I wanted to do, but I didn't think about it too much until um a couple of years ago. And it was just like having chats with people who like colleagues other BCs that I worked with who also wanted to do it. Yeah.
0: Um
1: that it started to become more of like something that I was actually considering. Yeah. Um and it just sort of it it just went from there like I I did want to compete in bikini. I can't even imagine doing that now. It would be so weird. <laughs> um, but I did want to do that, and speaking with my colleague who also wanted to, to he wanted to do a physique competition. Um, we decided to get that it would be a good idea to get um, coaches for the off season. Yeah. So that's when I when I started um, researching who to coach with and approached AJ. Yeah. And um, it all just sort of went from there, <laughs>
0: really. Yeah, fell into place. Yeah. So was it your decision to then transition was it a mutual decision or was it when you first approached AJ did he flat out tell you you're not doing bikini So sort of what happened for the transition from thinking you were going into bikini to figure
1: well to start with like all my che- like, I'd said on my application form I was like I want to do bikini but a few people have told me I'd be suited for figure yeah. so let me know what you think kind of thing um and I think after a few months he was like I 100% think you should be figure but we'll see how you go as you diet down.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and it just it just sort of transitioned in that direction. I think I started to get a bit more comfortable because when I was doing checking photos I was doing like to start with I was doing more bikini poses. Yeah. Um but as I started playing around with like figure poses it just came way more naturally to me. Um and I could see that I was more comfortable in in those poses my shape was much better suited for it. So it just it just carried on that way and it just transitioned quite nicely yeah. You sure?
0: But um
1: yeah I can't imagine <laughs> when I seen when I was actually at shows watching bikini competitors they look amazing but I was like I could not do that I'd look ridiculous <laughs>
0: and that's another thing as well had you been to shows previously before sort of thinking the idea was cool. you never actually been to a show no <laughs> just, just the gram just the- yeah I just <laughs> get
1: like I'm the type of person that I get an idea in my head and I, I just want to do it and I'll go for it I'll just give it everything so yeah I think a lot
0: of people in this sort of sport do have that though we have that mentality of getting something in our heads and just working towards it
1: which yeah
0: it's a good trait to have it has its positives yeah, and, and you negatives. need it don't you yeah
1: for sure yeah, totally
0: so i followed without sounding like a complete creep i did follow your <laughs> sort of 2019 comp, comp prep quite quite in depth for a multitude of reasons one i'm i think aj is great um I follow, he was one of the first people i ever got into and listened to like his podcast mm-hmm with Vicky who is now my coach so I followed them for years they've always been people who are respected and yeah provided a lot of good stuff like I said the good education side of things a lot of useful information so obviously he posts a lot about his clients and this was the year I was going to compete for the first time and so seeing because not many people were posting things about natural figure competitors there wasn't many obviously a lot of people do it but there wasn't much on social media like people mm-hmm. documenting it so to then see someone doing it I was like oh great this is someone who I can relate to and follow so I, I did follow it quite a lot and I watched AJ's stories and was quite interested and invested in it for sure yeah so if you just want to sort of talk through it yourself as to how long what sort of prep you had how long it was what shows you did obviously I'm very aware of it but let's hear it from you <laughs> so if you have 29
1: so, prep experience so i started prep on the 4th of march yeah and i believe it was it was going to be a minimum of i think it was 27 weeks um to really keep it nice and long retain as much muscle as possible make it nice and easy give us lots of time i think my first show was oh god they were meant to be the start of september so i was doing the uk dfba Mm -hmm. um northern and i was doing the um the mbf I can't remember which one it was because it changed. They, they changed it so it was exactly the same date as the UK DFA one. Oh, really? Like, right. <laughs> right. So I'm going to have to change it here. So my prep ended up being, I think it ended up being, the first show was the middle of August. So we had to bring it up forwards. I think about two or four weeks, something like that, um, which was terrifying. When he said, like, that's the option, we can do that. I was like, I'm not going to be ready for this. Like, <laughs> How can I? But I think looking back, that was actually my best look on the show yeah. that was earlier than all of them um so i did the the bmbf midlands in the end um which was my first show and i came first in that one um which is mad because (laughs) i don't know if many people know this but i nearly missed that show i had to run from my apartment to the stage basically and it was absolutely horrific but i think it helped because then i had no time to get nervous yeah you you didn't think about it you had to do it (laughs) no i just had to get on stage yes it was good um and then i did i think it was two two weeks later i did the uk tfba northern which was in well near manchester um we did fit body and figure in that competition because we still weren't sure whether i'd be more suited to one or the other because fit body is just that that little bit sort of leaner yeah yeah. they have more they have the muscular poses as well um, so I did both of them. I came first in figure and I came third in fit body. And after hearing the feedback, it was definitely going to be figure mm-hmm. um, because I had. I think no, they just gave me an invite for the finals for figure, um, but you could have got an invite on the fit body one as well. Um, and then I had the BMBF final up in Perth in Scotland. was mm-hmm. Perth. <laughs> it shows i can't remember course, yeah. a lot from being on prep yeah um, which was at the end of september um i came second in that yeah and then a few weeks later we had the uk dfba british finals which was in coventry um that's where i came first um which was such a cool day it was just amazing the atmosphere the atmosphere up in perth like i think it's a long way to go there yeah. wasn't as many people there so it wasn't a, it wasn't an amazing atmosphere but the one down in in coventry it was brilliant um and then i got an invite to go to world's in new york which was amazing and i came third there which was the middle of november
0: yeah.
1: um so it ended up being i think like a 39 week prep in total so it was really long
0: <laughs> just the 39 weeks no no
1: just kidding. just a pregnancy of a prep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now for anyone sort of listening who may be like myself you know looking to do it first time I think that would you couldn't really say that you could ask for much more from, from your from your first year to to place top three and to win, to win a lot. Were, were you expecting that sort of what? What were your expectations going into shows and hopes going into shows?
1: I wasn't. I wouldn't say I was expecting it. I wanted it. Yeah. Like I get, I'm quite competitive and I expect a lot from myself. So that was what I wanted. That was my goal. Um, and I think after. Like I never expected to win the first one i just i don't know i just never never thought I did, even though I wanted to, and then I think after that, it sort of gave me a little bit more confidence that i could I could sort of go into them and potentially win them, um the other ones that I was doing so i I don't know it, your confidence grows the more the better you do 100%. so um yeah
0: and obviously, this is something i considered and toyed around with as, as a natural competitor it's especially in the more muscular categories such as figure um it makes it harder for us to stand up against people in other federations like pca2bros for that reason was that why you've never looked into those federations or what stood out to you is just just doing a natural the natural ones
1: the the federations were more the ones that aj recommended to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: um Obviously because they're natural as well. So you don't have to, like you said, stand up against girls who could potentially be assisted. Um, I think PCA would be a cool one to do because of the posing routine.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's something that I'm considering for the next time that I compete. But because that's not the main goal, the main goal is getting back on the WMBF world stage. Yeah. Getting my pro status. Um, and because that is the main goal, if the PCA one could potentially get in the way of that or for any reason, it sort of clashes with it, then it won't be something that happens to you because that would just be kind of for for the shits and giggles kind of thing. Yeah, just (laughs) Just just for the experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, they're the, like, PCA is one that I've considered, but um, I'm quite happy sticking with, like, the BNBF, the UK, the FBA ones. Yeah. For sure. sure.
0: Now, I think most people, I don't know if you experience this, when you tell them how long your prep was originally going to be, so that 20-plus weeks the reaction is like why so long um I don't know if you experienced that from people but the people I've sort of surrounded myself with typically are more sort of have done or known of the, the more typical sort of 16 weeks so mine this year was going to be a similar length to yours I started Jan- end of January and it was going to be mm-hmm. September so 20 plus 30 weeks and people's reaction was why so long now what was your experience like having that long prep you know in terms of do you think it held benefit do you think it would quote unquote easier in some respects harder in some respects i know you've not done a 16 week because you couldn't compare but how how did you find it for people and how maybe explain the benefits so people understand why maybe as a natural competitor a longer prep is better
1: yeah well having a long prep is Mm. gonna it's gonna help us retain muscle basically Um, because you won't have to go so extreme you can keep your food relatively high I was quite lucky that I could keep my food at quite a good um a good point all the way through prep so with it being long I was no I never had to go silly low on calories I think the lowest my my calories were for the week on average with the high and low days was like 1800
0: that's
1: really good to be honest yeah it's amazing so um that's one of the big factors. Like you can keep food high, you can keep energy levels a bit higher and retain muscle. You've got more chance of retaining muscle. Um, which at the end of the day is what we want. <laughs> like yeah. We want to lose the fat and retain as much muscle as possible. Um with regards to the length of the prep, like like you said, I'd mostly heard about people doing 12, 16 weeks prep. So I was a little bit like shocked at the length of time that I was gonna initially be prepping for, but I trust AJ and I trust his his decisions and everything. So I just do as I'm told <laughs> and yeah. it worked out well um I think in the long run it was a I think we both me and AJ both agree that it it was a long time prepping in the end yeah and I looked better sort of in the middle of that prep so more on the first competitions um and that's just that's just something that you learn isn't it you learn as yeah. you go so you're not going to go into a first prep and know everything and know exactly how your body's going to react um but that's something that we know for next time. So maybe we'll do it a little bit shorter. Um, Depends on the starting point. Obviously it depends on the goals and stuff.
0: Um,
1: Personally, I found it, I found it okay. Like you sort of get into the swing of things. Like when you're in a prep and you're in a deficit, you just, it it just becomes life, doesn't it? So Mm -hmm. an extra week or two weeks, it just is what it is and you just carry on. So I wouldn't say it was, I wouldn't, I think it would be harder doing a shorter one where my food would be lower. Yeah, My energy would be lower. I think that would be more difficult. Yeah,
0: no, for sure. I, I agree. Like, there's times when it gets to a point when it's not boring, but you kind of just think, I've been doing this for so long now. And it's not, I don't feel bad. My food's not low, but because I'm being so on it 24 7, sometimes you kind of just feel like this has been gone for so long. But again, I hear some of the, I'm going to call them horror stories of what people do to get into condition. And I just don't know how they do it.
1: It's just so yeah. unnecessary like you yeah it, it can't i mean it's not easy it's definitely not easy oh, no, no, but it no, doesn't no. have to be that hard either no. um
0: sub a thousand calories and hours and hours of endocardio daily like that's, that's like i know it's hard but it shouldn't be torturous and it shouldn't make you want to cause I, I feel like with a lot of people it will make them hate the sport because mm. the experience will be so bad but
1: yeah. yeah i think a lot of people think they have to go through stuff like that and that's what a prep should be like but it it really doesn't have to be like that i think the, like i said my food never got too low like cardio was never crazy high i think it's just you're in a really prolonged deficit yeah. so it's gonna get hard just because of that reason regardless of yeah. what you're doing and stuff so absolutely you might as well make it as easy as possible absolutely now coming on sort of the flip side
0: of that so that's the, the dieting side now the the fun side the off-season growing side of things <laughs> I think people underestimate how difficult it is as a female to build muscle and especially for sort of more muscular categories like now figures obviously not huge but it is still a more muscled category and especially mm-hmm. in federations like you said PCA girls can hold quite a lot of of muscle mass and obviously in those federations girls could have some sort of assistance not saying they all do but there will definitely be girls on that stage who have got assistance so what things have you learnt from as being a female trying to build muscle and maybe some tips and advice you could give to people who girls especially
1: who are wanting to build muscle as a natural athlete I think definitely like something that I never never really focused on until I got a coach was just progressive overload <laughs> like I think to be honest all the years that I've trained prior to that I made pretty good progress considering I've never put a lot of focus in progressive overload
0: yeah
1: but I think that's just it's I'm just I've just got obviously more capabilities to build muscle which is a good thing genetically but it wasn't until I actually started focusing on pushing my numbers up every single week and doing the same thing week after week I think too many girls um uh, well men and women, they just chop and change things or just don't yeah. don't pay attention to the numbers and the weights they're lifting and everything and just don't log their lifts. I think like you've just maybe it's boring sometimes doing the same sessions week after week. It does get boring sometimes, but the fun comes from chasing the numbers. 100%. And if you can do that every week you, you're gonna gain muscle. Um and not enough people do that. And it's not easy. Like I've I'm sure you've had comments like it yourself like people saying i've had clients say it's me and members of the gym and stuff like oh I've, you told me i wouldn't get muscly if i lift weights and look at you and i'm like it's not easy <laughs> Like, oh, no. this was not easy but
0: okay so just picking up a barbell every couple of days oh, and swinging it around it's like you said it's consistent training now you know the same plan for weeks and months on end and just repeating it and
1: that's it, rinsing and repeating it. Rinsing and
0: repeating it sounds cliche and generic, but and also something that I learned as well was learning what sort of actually training to failure and training hard is. Because when, when I first sort of came onto social media and yourself, you'll see girls training. And it's, it's the gym Sharkey models, and they still managed to do a couple of curls and a couple of lateral raises, still looking pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. You know, they, they look like they're doing a photo shoot, when in reality, it is ugly. And I'm gonna say how it is like actually training to failure and learning what that was and how it is is it's really hard. It is mm. really hard. It's not
1: easy. You've got to dig deep, haven't you? And it's all, I think it's all relative. Like a lot of people don't realize how far they can actually push themselves. And no. I know it sounds simple, but until they get themselves there. So it's just a case of just pushing and pushing, which is why why I think the logbook's important. Mm. Because and if you get like I'm probably a little bit too obsessed with my numbers to the point where I'll go into a session and I'm like, I have to beat these. Like, I'm not yeah. leaving until I do. Um, but I think that's kind of what has allowed me to make the progress that I've made because yeah. I just you just have to push yourself, and I think that's when you start to find what you're capable of because 100%. there's no other option.
0: 100%. Um,
1: but that's another reason why logging your lifts is just so important. You need to know where to work off of. Um, yeah
0: absolutely 100 that's something i I preach to clients as well so in terms of that pushing yourself to to that point is that something that you have just managed to do yourself is that something that having aj and bars helped you to do make you realize your potential or is it just something that you just unlocked yourself through just
1: pushing numbers um it's definitely from like you, you when you see people train like when aj trains you see where he takes himself to you see and there's plenty of people that you watch online so i guess it's from seeing people as well but i'm just that i am the type of person who kind of pushes myself as much as i can mm. and i think that just works well with training it just absolutely. sort of yeah
0: absolutely for me i thought i was doing it and again i don't know what the gym like that you're training is like my first ever gym the gym i actually work in now actually is very like a pure gym an everyman gym and people there train they're hard but it's there's a diff there's hard and then there's I feel like there's bodybuilding hard if you know what I mean like the people you see on Instagram doing these sets that I think to the general population you just think get a grip but to Mm -hmm. us we watch that and like the you get goosebumps and
1: moving to a gym where
0: I've seen people doing that I started to then push myself to that and then I went for a one-on-one session with my coach Vicky in January February time and that took me to a different place, and I think seeing, like you said, other people doing it, people who you respect in the industry, then shows you that actually, yeah, you can take yourself to that place, a hundred percent. But what's? Are there any sort of mistakes you've made? um Like you said, obviously, maybe not log booking. Is there anything else? Maybe you've learned mistakes you've made in the past from training one you said as well was you know chasing numbers is that being detrimental at times actually then maybe losing form focus
1: I wouldn't say it's more detrimental on my like mindset more than Mm. anything I wouldn't say like because I'm quite like I'm a little bit obsessive with form as well to the point where it probably holds me back just that a little bit Mm. because sometimes I think sometimes you do have to just lose form just just a tiny bit um and I was sometimes sort of Something doesn't look quite right or quite perfect, it'll it'll annoy me and it'll get me down. But so if I if I wasn't to hit numbers and stuff, it it's like I said, it's more of a mindset thing. So I'll beat myself up quite a bit if I don't hit particular numbers, which isn't great, (laughs) it's not great, and it's it's something that I'm learning to do is sort of detach myself from the numbers just that little bit. Like I need to find the balance between push being able to push myself to beat the numbers, but also accepting when i can't because sometimes the stars just aren't aligned to do that like other things can be affected like one one of my big mistakes especially like during prep is just not prioritizing recovery and resting properly so my sleep's as a pc it's i'm sure you know like it's atrocious (laughs) sleep is atrocious and i don't quite know how i had such a successful prep on like five to six hours sleep a night it's horrendous so that's something that like a mistake is something not prioritizing that just in in like general terms for health purposes that's definitely something that (laughs) that needs to change
0: um
1: but with regards to training I wouldn't say I've ever like like I said I think I just got the, the right information about it um I think the biggest mistake for me is just not doing stuff like progressive overload i always, i was quite good with nutrition when i first got into it again I, I had the right information so i ate i ate and i grew um but it's more just focusing on on the smaller things like progressive overload logbooking eat in a particular way like stuff like that yeah you know just being a bit more precise i think if i could have done that a bit sooner then i'd be a lot further along by now percent. Yeah, that
0: we can all look back and think oh i wish i'd done that sooner yeah yeah so, in terms of your previous prep, what things have you learned from that? So you mentioned that your sort of the the mid look was better, and what are you going to transfer from that prep into into future preps? And what are the sort of you touched on them in the future plans in terms of competing and the sort of long term
1: goals? So we well, I was going to compete next year. That was the that was the plan, but I wanted to take this year to get myself into a better position to start a prep again which is happening a lot slower than I would have liked so for the that's the main reason I probably won't compete until 2022 now um but also because I wanted to enjoy my year go out for some meals go on holiday and stuff like that which obviously no one's doing at the moment so really. the likelihood is it's going to be quite some time before I compete again yeah. um which is great because that's just it's going to allow me to get into good routines with stuff like recovery and resting and keeping stress um lower and just developing some good habits because i would say like my last prep i was very food focused like very very food focused Um, like i said i didn't prioritize recovery didn't prioritize sleep I would say posing could have been done so much more than it was. Mm -hmm. I'd left my routines until like the day before and then started practicing them. (laughs) Like It's stuff like that. Like it's, it's the little things. Like I was very good at ticking the the boxes daily that were required, but then the little things that were up to me to do, that's the sort of stuff that I would next time round put a lot more focus in. Yeah. Um, Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. so like prioritizing sleep prioritizing s- like stretching um sports massage stuff like that why are know? we as
0: so bad as like pts and stuff for stretching like s- oh tell God, them to the do it it's so important and we're just we're shocking aren't we
1: yeah the worst
0: it's sort of long-term plans like sort of what sort of sh- like you mentioned um you want to get back on that world stage is, is it pro card you're looking at what sort of the long-term goals and
1: hopes yeah, that's that's the next goal. So I'd like to get I'd like to get my pro card in bigger on the WMBF stage. That is like it's not the end goal, but that's the the next goal basically. Mm-hmm. So I'll be competing definitely in the UK DFBA. Mm-hmm. Um I like I loved competing in the bnBf So if it if it aligns well, then I'd yeah. like to do that as well. And um, like I said, PCA just <laughs> for the fun of it.
0: Just It's the Twenty twenty. 2022 is what it's sort of looking, and shaping up to be. Probably, yeah. Probably. Excellent. One less person to compete against next year. Because i would be looking at DFPA as well. Um, oh, cool. But again, it's all just going to be as to what what comes out when and where I'm at, because obviously this has not been an optimal year for everything. And.
1: No, you've just got to see what happens, haven't you? Like that's that's kind of what I'm like with regards to like the position I'm at at the moment with my food and stuff, still coming off the back of that prep. It's it's nowhere near the position it needs to be in for another prep so it's just a case of seeing where where I'm at next year and then making a decision there and I'm sure you're the same
0: yeah because it'll just depend now as to what I do because I've I've come off it obviously because shows they're going ahead but they're not like are they going ahead and if they do they're going to be weird they're going to be socially distanced this and it'll be my first time and I'm sure you can understand and appreciate how important that first show is and
1: yeah
0: it's something you'll never forget you want it to be an experience that matters
1: yeah definitely i think when when you said like the the potentially couldn't be audiences that just sounds horrendous like like i said the the show in perth it was a lot quieter Mm. and the atmosphere was just like it just in comparison to like a full audience it makes all the difference absolutely um so i can't imagine being on stage with no audience no but for all the for all the competitors that were prepping this year and then had their shows cancelled literally my heart just broke for them yeah i just I, can't yeah. imagine going through that and then having your show taken away from you the just... people
0: that was that were close that for me it was well originally i, I thought i'd be okay because at first it was like april may shows i thought september will we'll be re yeah as time
1: progressed,
0: progress that's obviously changed as this has gone on for well much longer than we all anticipated Mm -hmm. so yeah those people that were two three four weeks out it's horrendous especially people first time and you know they never got that experience but it's what it is yeah exactly it's nothing everyone's in the same boat there's nothing you can do about it and for me as well there was that thing of like even if let's just say a miracle happens tomorrow and COVID nineteen goes away, it's gone. Could happen, you never know. Probably won't. Yeah. But <laughs> and everything <laughs> nice. goes back to normal. Shows go ahead. I still wouldn't want to get on stage because I know that even with some decent home equipment, and you can probably relate, but just without the atmosphere and everything going on, you just feel like your training's not quite there, and you can't do the same machines. Mm-hmm. And yes, I've got enough weight to to do some decent stuff, and. I've been working my hardest but it just doesn't mentally feel the same
1: no not at all I don't know about you but it's so and I'm sure everyone's in the same but it's so much harder to be motivated to train at home and to enjoy it in the same way I think as well with the fact that there aren't shows going on there aren't things for you to sort of look at and be motivated by yeah it's very hard to keep that goal in mind
0: 100% and obviously you probably had your clients say it to you as well and You'll say, look, even me, who absolutely loves this, this is my life, I'm struggling, and I'm in a deficit as well, so that doesn't help, does it, when, like... No. (laughs) My vision's not there anyway. I've been very fortunate these last, sort of, few weeks to have... It's just a different place. Someone's got a little mini um, garage that I'm using, um, because they don't use it, so I've basically taken my equipment down there, and that's helped just being somewhere different. But when I've been using Mm. my back garden, it's just it's I think it's that thing of you can't dissociate the fact that that's
1: home yeah that's your place of rest that's it? your
0: place of rest that's your place of especially for people like us who train like nutters because that's what we do we push ourselves yeah you, it's very hard to get into that mindset of attacking a set when mm-hmm. your dog's trotting next to you and
1: i don't know about you but my neighbors can see straight into my garden so they see me like screaming and they also <laughs> see me posing on my own <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, yeah. They're probably
1: like what a weirdo
0: i've had my in the kitchen before and i'm there like doing try like phlegm and she's like you okay i'm like yeah. <laughs> and times i've had to train inside because of the, the weather as well because you, oh. you, jesus christ it's horrendous
1: i get um aj laughs at me about this because i absolutely hate the wind like on another level it brings out a pure rage in me <laughs> so if it's windy even the thought of having to go outside to train it just sets me off and yeah. oh it's horrible i hate it but uh, like you said it is what it is we've got it gotta, we've got to do it so
0: it is and we've just the fact that you can just crack on and get on with it Just what's got to be done just get yeah. your head down just get it done but it's mm-hmm. not the same enjoyment it's not the same feeling you get afterwards which i think thing i miss the most is not necessarily like the machines itself or the atmosphere, but that feeling you get when you leave after a good session, mm-hmm. that euphoria that even if you feel absolutely battered, that's I think, what I miss the most. Because yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, people, anyone who's into fitness will understand that feeling, and it's that's what is that's what keeps me doing it. Like yeah, exactly, hundred yeah, percent. So definitely. I did got a few questions on the little Q and A coming through. Um, most of them are sort of just related to sort of competing and stuff and then there's one yeah. that's like there's always one about food or something and there's always people always bring that in
1: everyone loves talking about food of
0: course they do so <laughs> the first one was um, obviously if you don't mind talking about this how was your sort of post-show experience in terms of food rebound binges etc's what they've put there as well
1: so mm, post-show i would i gained a lot of weight pretty quick i think i gained about 30 pounds in like two months <laughs> but i wouldn't say that was like as much as i wanted to i wouldn't say that was necessary like i didn't have binges i would say i think i just ate out a lot and mm-hmm. i just enjoyed myself and i just didn't say no to things if i wanted to go out and have food i'd have it um so i gained weight relatively quickly i was uncomfortable with it at first like i'd go to the gym and i'd be wearing long sleeves and stuff cuz i it was more like i didn't want people to look at me and think oh she's let herself go she's done yeah. what everyone does um but you get used to it i think it's because it's such a quick transition you gain that weight so quickly which isn't optimal and i definitely won't be doing that this next time hopefully um i think it's just you change so quickly that it's it's hard to sort of get used to it isn't it yeah it's like i guess if someone starts wearing glasses it'll take you some time to get used to it so i was a bit uncomfortable with it at first but it it subsided like i've, I've never had huge issues with my weight or anything like that i don't have issues when I'm in the off season being a bit bigger it it is what it is um with regards to like food focus and stuff like that I'm still absolutely starving now like I still don't I don't think I have a time when I'm not hungry um (laughs) which sucks but the time will come like to be fair last last year when I was in my off season I don't think I ever got to the point you know when people talk about eating and they get to a point where they just can't eat anymore when they're on high calories. I never hit that point. Um so that's a bit tiresome. (laughs) I think what helped was just post-show was just getting into a routine again. So I think I only took about a week off. So although I was going out and eating a lot of food after a week I had I had my calories to hit. I had my set macros and everything as a target Um, and I had my training plan and everything. I just got straight back onto it. I think having that and having that structure again without that it would have would have been even worse
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I think definitely
0: yeah next one tips you can give Lucy aka me for her first prep I like that question
1: oh in what terms like do uh,
0: it's a question box on Instagram so they've not given any much more expansion on that <laughs> just
1: hmm I would say definitely practice the posing yeah. a lot like every day every day um one like i'm just going to tell you the stuff that i should have done or should not have done because that's okay. all i can recommend so um practicing the posing do not follow food accounts on instagram <laughs> do not subscribe to people who do 10,000 calorie challenges like do your absolute best to not look at food and stuff like that because it's only going to make it worse like you can't have it I would sit there and watch like 20,000 calorie challenges or I'd start saving. I had like hit lists of food that I was going to try afterwards yeah. and places that I wanted to try. And as much as I was told, don't watch these things, you can't help it. But yeah, you just sort of like you can just power through and you, you're thinking of you're focusing on what really matters rather than focusing on after the show. Because okay. that's, that's when you're going to be able to have that stuff. So keep the keep the goal clear in your mind rather than focusing on what you're going to be able to do after that goal is achieved mm-hmm. so that's one that's one of the big things
0: yeah no i can sort of relate to that now is because i don't think i mentioned it to you but i don't know if you know as well but when i was originally just going to carry on with the prep that was the original goal because um, we thought september shows be fine and then it got to about april may and i was like yeah this doesn't look good but by then it'd been so many months and I thought well I've oh, I really had this this year as a goal to do something like this I really wanted to give it a go but I don't want to do a show because they're either not going to go ahead or they're Mm -hmm. going to be weird so we're just doing a photo shoot at the end of next month so I'm still sort of on it for it so I know exactly what you mean about that like the other day I was doing cardio and I always sometimes like to put on a YouTube video just to pass the time To do on the spin bike, and I found myself starting to type in like calorie challenge videos. Like, what are you doing?
1: Like, it literally serves no benefit at all. Absolutely
0: not. No. And the last week, I've been running a. It's got. It's nothing to do with like fat loss or anything. So I thought, oh, are you doing this to lose my weight? I'm just. I ran like a very basic bro diet, just for digestion Mm. purposes. So literally bland chicken rice, that sort of thing. And in some aspects, it's been horrendous in that it's so boring. Yeah, but in others, it's been the best thing I've done in totally removing food focus, and because you're not trying to make meals taste nice, or you're not trying to make, you're not looking forward to meals, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good approach.
0: Like, I, I don't know if I could, I could do it for the whole twenty eight weeks, but I actually want to try and keep this up for the next few weeks as we're yeah. introducing foods. I don't even necessarily want to bring things back in because. I'm not thinking about my next meal in terms of I can feel I'm hungry, but I'm not like excited. So I can then yeah. focus on
1: life stuff. I think that's a good approach. Like that's some, and I think up until about eight weeks out from my first show, I was completely like chopping and changing what I was eating. I was just eating what I fancied with regards to like what fit in my macros. Yeah. But when it came to eight weeks out, I like swip, like flipped the switch and was eating exactly the same thing day in, day out. And I think that it almost becomes necessary at some point, just like you said, to to remove that attachment to the food. Yeah. So you, you don't have to think about it. You've got it there and then and then you just move on. 100%.
0: Question, I guess this could apply to both of us. Will you go to
1: the dark side? <laughs> I love that. I don't think so. No. Um i think it's too much of a commitment for me as well like i don't like the idea of being <laughs> i think once you go down that route you're down that route and yeah you know um but i'd like to see what i'm what i'm capable of like natural i'd just like to see how far i can take myself in that in those terms um how about you that's how
0: i feel like i've not even competed yet and i think honestly i i personally don't see a reason to to, as a, especially as a female to go assisted if you're not going to compete um mm-hmm. so she's purely egotist I mean sport is I think it's for males as well though you're true yeah and I might not like it I might get on stage and think this is awful and i would never want to compete ever again in my life or I can't see that happening but you never know and again I would just like to push everything naturally and it's just something that I'm not even considering now. Like, it's just not even a consideration or a contemplation at all. Yeah, I think Future, it's like, who knows, but now. No.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, it always it, when people ask, it's like, "Well, would I?" And you kind of think about it, but there's so many more pros to not doing it. Yeah, and I think what would be really cool. I'd love to go. Like another reason for maybe going on like a PCA stage would it would be very cool to go up against women who are assisted yeah. and beat and beat them <laughs> like i would really like to see that i think it'd be pretty cool um that, yeah that's why i sort of
0: wanted because i knew i'd be i'd be stacked up against because i was going to do a pca as well this year i potentially be stacked up against girls who have used something or other but if you then place or do well and you you've beaten that then you're then you yeah like you said it'll be such a good feeling to know that yeah you don't need this stuff to push it exactly it's not necessary yeah absolutely not final question from the question box was favorite cheat meal i hate that term but oh i hate that i don't think i've ever used that term for myself in my life never because what are you cheating on what are you cheating i don't know
1: favorite plan meal. meal shall we rephrase it oh, off- oh i wouldn't even say that because i don't have a plan per se oh. favorite not <laughs> they less, less nutritious meal.
0: Less micronutrient, macronutrient, <laughs> optimal efficient meal of choice. Oh, I don't know.
1: Actual meal or just food?
0: You see, I'm like that because I have things rather than actual meals. Should we do one That's of each? Yeah. Let's like, go for a meal and then go for like a thing.
1: See, meal, like, because unless you have like a big old dirty pizza, I wouldn't say any type of meal is better or obviously they're slightly more nutritious or less nutritious yeah. than others, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't put any particular meal in that kind of category.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? So I guess I'd say pizza probably for that, like or just a massive bowl of pasta. Like oh, I could literally eat like I could eat a fucking bowl like this of pasta. Um which I guess would be really high calories. So let's say that could be more on virgin on the side of <laughs> off plan.
0: Pizza, um, pizza, yeah, I do, I do like pizza, hot pizza. I do I do like a pizza, hot pizza. I won't lie. And then, I don't know, maybe like I love for heaters, like I absolutely love for heaters. But I think I quite, I'd like to what I want to do after I finish this is have like for heaters, but not have to worry about tracking anything. You know what mm. I mean? Like you know, when you go out and have them, and you can just load up as much guac and sour cream yeah. and, you and not have to think about it because it's not they're not bad for you, and they're not. They're not the worst thing you could have, but I guess when you would put as much cheese and stuff as you want, maybe so.
1: I just want to go to like a buffet and just
0: yeah, that's go a good option. It.
1: That's yeah, a good choice. I'd probably
0: do that. Yeah. Oh, think like you said, sort of like not necessarily a meal. like can
1: just pastry. Oh my god, <laughs> just like I could just demolish pastries. Um, yeah. Like when I was on prep, what I craved most, to be fair, was donuts and pastry, like Danish pecan twists. Oh actually no cookies as well i'm just
0: just (laughs) sweet food yeah
1: yeah i do like
0: cookie dough cookie dough is pretty decent and then
1: Mm.
0: chino cheesecake cheesecake is melt my life life. 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 We were
1: in um obviously the the world's was in new york yeah i've never i've never been to america so i was like oh my god i can go to the cheesecake factory (laughs) we all went there the next day sorry
0: never been i've always wanted to
1: it was well. I'm sure at another time it would have been even better. But like we all went the next day, and I think I got like lemon ricotta pancakes, and I, I couldn't even. It was just sweetness overload. Like the day after finishing worlds, I couldn't finish half of them. I bought a cheesecake. I managed like two bites, and it just made my stomach was hated it, and I ended up giving it away, which was heartbreaking. But God, wow. Mm. And
0: the the final question, which is my question, my signature question, which gets asked at the end of every podcast. Your favourite cereal, cereal is life.
1: Wheatos, without a doubt, like <laughs> wheatos. I've I've eaten them since I was a child. I used to load the fucking excuse my language. <laughs> that should have been that should have been one of my fun facts. Is that I have like a terrible mouth. Um, I used to load the bowl up, load it up with milk because I love milk, and then not finish it. Like not because I didn't like it. When they'd start to go soggy, I just yeah. couldn't. I couldn't eat them anymore. And our toilet always had weetos down it because I'd throw them down the toilet.
0: <laughs> but
1: I used to, used to get toys in them as well, which I think yeah. is why I probably loved them so much as a child. But I still love them. I don't deep. get to eat them as much. but
0: No, but they are decent. That's a decent choice for sure. How about you? It's dependent now, obviously, because you depend that your macros are like, what your macros are saying, don't it? as well. Um, yeah. Probably my ultimate favourite one that I've ever had. Um, Aldi did it last year. And I've never seen it since. It was like a one-off American special. It was like peanut butter and cocoa balls. Oh my and god! It was. It was stupidly good, like to the point where I got it for my birthday last year, and I'd like come off a diet then because I did like a sort of elongated cut last year. So I was just sort of eating whatever I wanted. It was gone in like two days. <laughs> gone. But unreal. But I've never seen it since, and like I've never did seen it replicated.
1: Aldi you always have really good specials did you see the shreddies it was a halloween special i think it was like toffee and apple they were average oh i loved them i couldn't stop dipping my hand in them um what else oh god there's too many just cereal in general like cereal in general Not, but not nothing dead
0: like i think like rice krispies and cocoa pops are like for when you're tracking macros
1: they've got their place but i wouldn't choose them like no nah. there's so many good ones out there I think that's like that's probably to be fair actually going back to the question about the meal I'd just have a huge bowl of cereal
0: yeah
1: 100% Weetabix minis they're pretty decent the chocolate ones yeah
0: true just all not
1: going to be talking about this right now I know
0: yeah I'm starving <laughs> i am <just> starving. <laughs> waiting for meal one of like a boring one as well but wishing it was a bowl uh, no it's fine
1: I've it's got okay. oats next which is like one of the
0: best i'm not even got oats i've got rice flake porridge at the moment which is not, oats, not oats, but it does the job anyways we're on a full tangent let's wrap up the podcast exactly. there once again everyone thank you for listening and i will leave grace's instagram um handle whatever you want to call it in the description thanks for joining us grace and giving up your time
1: thank you very much for having me
0: it's been a pleasure and we'll see you awesome. in the next one